What's up, y'all? Welcome to another episode of BS Faith. Um, that's bumper sticker faith for all you guys like counting and keeping score. My name is Lewis Dude. This is my brother Sam P. And uh, we got another great episode for you today. But uh, first of all, I just want to thank our viewers and listeners out there for checking us out. Um, we would not keep doing this if you guys would like not be watching and listening. So it's not a ton of you, but it's enough for y'all to, um, to keep the thing going. <laughs> so thank you guys for that. As always, you can hear us on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, or you can check out the video on YouTube at BS Faith. Um, yeah, look up Bumper Sticker Faith on YouTube. And you can email us at BumperStickerFaith at gmail.com. So, Sam, what we got cooking today, brother? Just as you were talking, yeah. uh, the other day I met one of your friends. One Ar- of my, I got a friend. Yeah, his name's Army. <laughs> oh, yeah, Army. Yeah, yeah. I met Army. Army. What's up, Army? Yeah, he, he, um, meet you he's a faithful day. brother that go into Cook man, County Jail, he's a man. He's solid guy. Oh, yeah, he real solid, man. He's got one a of nice, my best strong friends. handshake. Yeah, yeah, he do. Yeah. That's my yeah. brother there. Yeah, Army's a good guy. So today I thought we'd talk about how to read the Bible. Okay. All right. Great topic. Yeah, it's great. As as um, I'm in, as I've been in small groups and around around people over the over the years and in ministry, myself, it's uh it's a question that people struggle with and uh, want help with often, and they just want to uh, be more dedicated and. Uh, how do they do that? How do we do that? How do we read the Bible as as Christians? This is an important book. You know, when I yeah. became I became a Christian in college, and I remember um, someone giving me a Bible, and at the same time, uh, one of my friends who I later married, um, mm. we were both going to the group at the same time, and we both had this Bible, and I remember sitting. Uh, somewhere with her, and we had this Bible, and it's like, what do we do with it? Like they told us we're supposed to read it, but is it the same Bible? No, it's not the same oh, okay. one. It's not the same. I think we still do have that same one though. Okay, somewhere, that's cool. Somewhere in our house, the family heirloom. Yeah, but it's like you know, what, what do you what do you do with it? You do you open it to the first page and start reading it? Do you uh, do? They were talking about this Old Testament, New Testament. You know, we're. And then Jesus pops in halfway all through. This, all, I can remember first uh, my first encounter with the Bible and, and then being around people who are Christians and they're using like this language that I'm not familiar with. Like okay. you said, Old Testament, New Testament. Yeah. And Verse this, number. Yeah, what version. And then even what like what version of the Bible that you have. Yeah. And this guy named King James. And it's like <laughs> it sounds like the dude must be pretty important. He's a king. Yeah. You know, at least whether he's a self-appointed king or somebody yeah. made him king. It's like, oh, man, I got a King James Bible. <laughs> like you got a Prince Henry or, you know, <laughs> you know, something like that. So I was just clueless, man. And then you had some of those like King James people that were just like propitiation, oh, justification, yeah. redemption. Uh, you know, I'm like, the heck is all like, I was a word guy and a spelling bee guy. And I'm like, some of them words, like I ain't, not that I've yeah. heard every word, but I'm just like, what in the world are yeah. these people talking about? So how did you became a Christian when you went to jail and then in prison, you started to read the Bible, right? Yeah. I mean, I assume. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Like how did, how did that, how did that look? What did, how did they teach you guys there? Yeah. So the first thing was the guy who gave me my first Bible Um, we would for that about 30 day period before I went to prison, we would just like every day, like get in the book of Psalms, 
You know, so it's kind of like opening up the middle of the book, you know, or somewhere about. Yeah, right in the middle. And um, that was kind of weird for me because I always had open books from like the beginning and page one and start reading, you know. And so I didn't really do any other reading for that first like 30 days other than just with those Mm -hmm. guys and reading the Psalms. And and we would start singing songs out of them Mm -hmm. just right in the day room, which was weird. But it's like, hey, if this is what you're supposed to do. I don't care what yeah. nobody else is doing. This is what I'm going to do. Grown men in prison singing songs. <laughs> yeah, with not that great voices. <laughs> um, with other people around walking by and looking yeah. at us funny. and Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. And then next, I end up going to prison. And it was a prison that they um, like examine you physically and mentally mm-hmm. to figure out what the best prison to send you to for how many ever years you're going to be there. Yeah. And so we were locked down like 24 hours a day, seven days a week for the most part. Mm-hmm. So I had a cellmate. And he happened to be a Christian. Wow. And um, we talked about the Bible a little bit. But then it was like, okay, this is my time where I got plenty of time. There ain't no TV. There ain't nothing to do. Mm-hmm. And so I opened it up just like a regular book and mm-hmm. started reading Genesis. And it was weird. It was different. Um, but Genesis wasn't as bad as like once you get to Leviticus. And mm-hmm. roughly in about 45 days, I read the whole Bible. Wow. So within wow. within two and a half months, I read the whole Bible you know, Bible mm-hmm. um, plus extra, like reading just songs for thirty days, straight through from, yeah. from, from Genesis to Revelation, straight through yeah. it. So tons of stuff didn't make sense. You yeah. know, Leviticus numbers didn't make yeah. sense. When I was in first, second Kings, first, second Chronicles, I'm like, am I going nuts? Did I read some <laughs> yeah, of this did stuff I read before? This again? <laughs> yeah. You know, it was like, that was weird. And then the prophecies, like none of that made sense yeah. to me. Um, yeah. then, then I got to the new Testament, to the gospels, Again, made a lot more sense. But then mm. I'm like, did I read this somewhere before? <laughs> After you know, the, my bookmark <laughs> yeah. move, my silly playing a trick on me. Um, and uh, then, of course, like after that, once I got to Paul's writings, things became so clear. Hmm. Things became it, it just made sense hmm. to me. And I was learning how to live my life according to what the book said, mm-hmm. you know, because Paul is pretty direct. And then James quickly became my favorite book mm-hmm. because it was so simple, so practical. And it addressed things mm-hmm. in my life, namely my tongue, mm-hmm. that is like this is my biggest work I need. And James addresses it. So this is my favorite mm-hmm. book. So that was kind of my evolution. Wow. It is uh, interesting. It's an interesting fact that um, when we start obeying the word, you start to understand it more. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we think it's, sometimes it works both ways. Like you get an understanding and then you know that I need to start doing this or that. And so you start doing that. But sometimes you read something and it doesn't make a whole mm-hmm. lot of sense, but you say, what the heck? I'm going to, I'm going to try to obey anyways. And then you'd start obeying and doing, mm-hmm. and then, then the understanding comes to you. Yeah, well, I mean, I ran across a lot of stuff that the Bible says was sin that I was like deeply disappointed. <laughs> I mean, just to just to yeah. keep it real, like yeah. I, I, I used to like to lie. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to like to have a lot of sex, yeah. so it's like, okay, I got to get married if I want to have sex. It's like, come on, man, for yeah. real. Yeah, I can't tell a lie to even get out. Of, like, I can't yeah. lie no more. Like, it just it doesn't make any any sense. Well, like it, it, at that time, no, nah, it made sense. To, it, it made it sense did? to me. Okay. Yeah, because I understood like when you have sex with a bunch of different people, mm-hmm. like that's not the greatest thing. I didn't understand anything about why God wanted that to happen. Okay. But to me, from a human human standpoint, like at least me, I knew what I was doing mm-hmm. by like lying mm-hmm. to people. 
to get sex and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So it was like I knew that wasn't wrong. Um, although I felt in a, my pre-Christ days, like, hey, you know, I ain't mm-hmm. making nobody do nothing. You yeah. know what I mean? If they want to think they my girlfriend, that's on them. Yeah. Even though I'm lying through my yeah. teeth. So, you know, I understood some just lying in general. It's like, you know, that's manipulating and tricking people. Mm-hmm. If God is holy and righteous, then I knew that that's not something that he liked, but it was something I loved to yeah. do. Yeah. So it was it was difficult for me. Another thing that stands out to me is that time that first would you say it was like a month when you're in the jail, the county jail, when you're reading the Psalms, you were doing it with other people, mm-hmm. right? Yep. How yeah. big of an impact do you think that made? Oh, man, that was huge. I man. mean, not <laughs> to be able to read it with other people rather than just by yourself. Yeah, it was huge in several ways. Number one, like it was intimidating having these other guys walk around yeah. you and make little snide remarks and comments. Um, but I wasn't alone, yeah. you know, so I felt like, well, if they tripping with us, like they tripping with us, not yeah. like even if they say something to me, like, man, why are you reading that? Like they reading it too. Yeah. So like we got our own little click. Like if some go down, it's going to, it was like three other guys. Mm-hmm. So it was like the four of us. Mm-hmm. Um, that was number one. Number two, like these guys obviously had had a whole lot more understanding mm-hmm. and experience with the Bible and with God and with church because I had zero. Mm-hmm. And so they were able to help um, under, help me understand because we had King James Gideon Bibles. So okay. it's like reading Shakespeare. Yeah, so that's and, hard. Yeah, that's hard, man. And reading the Psalms, the way some of that stuff is written, mm-hmm. like it's just not that easy to understand. Yeah. Some of the prayers that David gives to where he's like on the run for his life, mm-hmm. like that stuff ain't making sense really because mm-hmm. like why is this guy writing this? Yeah. You know, so there was a whole lot, lot of lack of understanding for me, but some of those mm-hmm. guys had a lot more knowledge than I had, and they mm-hmm. helped me understand and put things in perspective. Mm-hmm. Wow. So for, I like, I want to highlight that, because for people who are trying to understand the Bible, do it with other people. <laughs> if, you, if you're trying to read the Bible and you're really struggling to yeah. right now, that would be, like, my, my advice, mm-hmm. my wisdom for them is, uh, find find a group of people to do it with. We're not. We, you may look at other people in your life or in the church, and they are are always sharing these stories about their quiet times and how they were, mm-hmm. you know, praying for and reading the Bible for two hours, and God spoke all these <laughs> yeah. things to them. And, and you're sitting there thinking, "Wow, nothing happens in my quiet time, my Bible reading time." Yeah. You know, there's all kinds of stories, all kinds of people, and a lot of the time, the best thing that we can do is actually read and do it with a group rather than on our own. Yeah, And yeah. I like to point this out to people because like the the fact that we have this Bible is pretty recent. Like the fact that it, households can have multiple copies, you know, bef- before the printing <laughs> press. <laughs> yeah. Before the printing press and before expenses got down real low, like for thousands of years, it, if you wanted to read this book, you had to go to your church or to mm. your synagogue and be around other people and share one copy of it and read it and study it together. Mm. Yeah. You had to go and listen to it yeah. because you couldn't read at all. Yeah, yeah you couldn't even you read. Know? <laughs> and, and, and the faith continued throughout the generations with people doing it sporadically, yeah. just listening to it, doing it in groups. Uh, so that's, I don't know. I think that's worth, worth thinking about, Yeah, you know, I would just add to that, you know, maybe the people that you choose at least have one that kind of is familiar with the Bible somewhat. Yeah. 
You know, because if it's a bunch of people oh, that's just sure. like you and you're reading it, then all y'all going to be kind of stuck and not know what direction to go in. Yeah. So, <clears throat> then. Yeah. That's good. So did um did they were there any other like programs or studies in prison like because I like you mentioned when you get mm. to you have like historical books mm. like Kings and Chronicles but then you have poetry and the Psalms mm-hmm. and uh, the the epistles and letters and narratives and mm-hmm. apocalyptic literature you have these different genres yeah, yeah. yep yeah so one of the things that I quickly you know, you know, God, <clears throat> God is good. You know, we all know that, hopefully. And, you know, me looking back at the course of my life, I could definitely see his hand on my life. And I've had several people tell me, like, you know, which I can't remember exactly how they put it. But like God, like just made you go in a certain direction, almost like you didn't have a choice. And so hmm. I quickly got to prison, um, applied for a job in the chapel got the job in the chapel, which I found later was kind of a coveted job. Mm -hmm. And then because I worked in the chapel, I got acquainted with the organization called Set Free Ministries, and they provided Bible courses free of charge for an organization called, back then it was called Emmaus Correspondence School. Now they're called Emmaus Worldwide. Mm -hmm. And so they they, they published Bible courses. And so they've got like over, like about 100 different ones translating over 80 different languages mm-hmm. and they're like in over 100 countries. Mm-hmm. So it's a worldwide organization, but um I started taking the courses and that really helped me understand the Bible. And then one of my favorites is this one right here. Um it's called Study to Show Thyself Approved. And I'm pretty sure that's like 2 Timothy 2:15 mm-hmm. or something like that. Um but it talks it's got all these principles like 30 principles in there on how to study the Bible. Mm-hmm. So like what you mentioned, learning the different genres of writing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you got uh, parables. You know, yeah. you got historical narratives. So, you know, a lot of people read the par- parables as if they're real stories, and they're not. Yeah. They're made-up stories to illustrate a spiritual truth. Yeah. You know, whereas historical narrative is a real story yeah. of something that happened. So just knowing that alone and then being able to identify what are parables can help you. Yeah. Because if not, it can be very harmful. Yeah. Because you're going to be going around probably telling people stuff that's not yeah. true, and you won't get the true meaning you know, out of it. The, word, the meaning of the word parable comes from a Greek word para, below. Para uh, means alongside of, like you think of a par- parallelogram. So mm-hmm. uh, parable long, alongside of. And then balo means to throw. So a parable is to throw a saying down along a, a real-life situation. So you have like Jesus walking in a field, and he sees a field, and he like throws down this teaching about a field, mm, okay. and says the kingdom of God is like a treasure hidden mm, in a field. Yeah. So literally, what the word what the word wow parable, that's cool I word, didn't know that what the word parable means, but like parables, not to get off on parables, but it could be helpful. But I always see parables as what you just said, uh, but with the aim of of finding the gospel in there. Because oftentimes with parables, mm. you'll have Jesus telling this story, setting you up, and you think you know how it's going to end, <laughs> yeah. but then he does this like uh, this ninja move and switches his direction and and leaves you thinking, whoa, that shit shouldn't have happened that way. That shouldn't have ended that way. And he's trying to show us that that's what the gospel always does. It inverts our yeah, expectations. It makes me think like the parable of the lost sheep. I've always thought, and if I'm in that situation, I'm not going off of that. <laughs> yeah. If I leave that one, what's going to happen to the 99? Yeah, so it's like, no you sense. know what? The one got out. I'm sorry, but I got to protect these other 99. Yeah. 
But it's exactly the yeah. opposite. Jesus, yeah. I always say he flips the script. That, that's he always right flips there. the script. That's what a parable is. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, you yeah. heard it right here first. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so a couple of more parable. of those principles, it, it talks yeah. about um, understanding the use of language, um, realize that I, not all truth has been revealed. That's always been huge for me, man, because my analytical brain always wants to be working hmm. um, and everything doesn't make analytical sense like everything just doesn't make sense because we don't have the full knowledge on everything mm. you know so to try to be digging for some gold that's not there that's what you're going to be doing yeah. and then oftentimes what happens is you get tired of digging for that gold and you start like making up or manufacturing yeah. gold so yeah. to speak right this is this must be what it means then because yeah. you can't find out the true meaning <laughs> an example of that one as i think about it is the book of proverbs followed by the book of Ecclesiastes. Mm. They're both in what's called wisdom literature, mm -hmm. a, a different genre. And in wisdom literature, Proverbs, it's basically saying this is the generally how life works, that if you train up your child in the way he should go, then mm. he won't depart from it. Sure. If you do the, if you work really hard, then you're going to have a better life. Yeah. All right? That's the way things normally work. Then you get to Ecclesiastes, and it's if he flips it again. Mm. He flips a script, and he says, if you work really hard, you're just going to die and leave all your stuff in life is meaningless. <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, it's crazy. It's like, okay, he just flipped the script. But I think that's that principle that, uh, that you just read that you, you're not going to understand everything. Yeah. Sometimes life yep. throws these things at you and you can't figure it out. There, there is, you need to make room for mystery. Yeah. In yeah. It. Yep. So and, and like, I, just following with that, like, yeah. I think this is important because a lot of people find places in the Bible that contradict each other. And sometimes mm -hmm. they flat out do, but you're missing the point that sometimes you have to leave room for mystery that sometimes God is free to act this way. God is free to act this way. And uh, life doesn't, all, we can't always predict it. We're not in control. Yeah. I don't know. That's, that's a, that when you said that it kind of like paralyzed <laughs> yeah. because I, I've always been in the mindset that the Bible doesn't contradict itself. It's just where it appears that it does then there's something I'm not understanding correctly, you know. So maybe maybe it does, but for my like my studying and everything, I'm kind of like, eh, I don't know. Because then if if the Bible contradicts itself, then does it not? Does that take away from its inerrancy? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I believe the Bible is inerrant, but a contradiction to me will be inerrant. Yeah, on, so. on one level, it, it you're right. It, it doesn't contradict in in that way, yeah. but on another level of more the uh, the mystery level, there are there are some things that don't make sense with each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. maybe doesn't uh, present a contradiction, but a um, a paradox. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's an underlying truth that the more you wrestle with those two things, like uh, work really hard and everything will go well, or work really hard and you're gonna lose everything, like. Do those contradict each other or is there a paradox there that the more you study them, you're going to discover mm -hmm. the underlying truth? And yep. that's I guess that's what I'm yeah, that's yeah. what I'm getting at. We we jump too quick to um, try to resolve it without uh, wrestling with it until we find that underlying truth. That's a great point. That's what a lot of people do that I've run into over the years that have chosen not to believe in Christianity because mm -hmm. they'll talk about these supposed contradictions and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. And there, to me, what I've discovered with those ones I've studied, that there are, you know, easily to understand, like, reasons why this appears that way. Mm -hmm. You know, but they don't want to hear that. 
you know, and so that's just because they really don't want to believe in the first place. Yeah. They yeah, just want to yeah. find reasons why not to instead of think, well, why don't I? Why don't I believe? And then if things like turn out wrong, then they do versus sin. I'm going to try to pick, uh, pick out everything against this on why not to believe. But yet you're this religion, you're that religion. Mm-hmm. And there's tons of contradictions and errors in that religion. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't you do that with them? <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. So or any other area of your life. Sure, sure. Like absolutely. Your your car broke down. Your car doesn't work, so does that mean you stop driving for the rest of your life? Yeah, exactly. No, you, you value it and so so yeah. you do it. Another book that I have that um I just recently got, but I've seen books like this before when we were in prison, is this Rose book of Bible choice oh, maps yeah, and timelines. And so, you know, not to go into any great detail, but this book has a ton. I believe that every Christian should have one of these books mm-hmm. and they should read this whole book. Mm-hmm. And it's not necessarily a book that you read from page one. It's got different topics within the mm-hmm. book, you know. So like this part right here has the Christian history timeline. So it gives you a timeline of Christianity. You know, it's it's good to yeah, know this yeah. stuff. And it's it's probably maybe twenty pages. Then it's got the twelve tribes of Israel. Oh, and yeah. it describes like the names of them, the size, the location, mm-hmm. Jacob's blessing, Moses' blessing. Mm-hmm. Like it gives you this information, mm-hmm. man. And so it's just it's just helpful to know. Then it's got the Ark of the Covenant. It describes what that is. So, so all this important. stuff is in the Bible, yeah. but it's all like in different parts yeah. and not that easy to understand. Yeah, and it's yeah. got it sectioned off to where and it's got the genealogy of Je- genealogy of Jesus, which Check this bad boy out. Oh, like man. you guys listening can't see this, but I'm that. opening up this like trifold page. There's like hundreds of names on this. Yeah, man, it's got G's over here on the end, so it yeah. shows you his whole genealogy, man. Yeah. So that's pretty dope, yeah. you know. So you can look back and you can trace, you know, where Jesus came from yeah. and see um, that he's from the lineage of David. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like instead of somebody's done the hard work. For us, and mm-hmm. you know, sometimes I like you know somebody else doing yeah. the hard work, and I yeah. read the benefits. <laughs> and this is this book is definitely. And then last, the last thing I mentioned, one hundred prophecies mm. fulfilled by Jesus. Mm. I got a good friend that's an apologist mm-hmm. who has a conference this weekend, but you know, that's a that's a strong point mm-hmm. to use with people when you're talking about the Bible mm-hmm. and people that don't want to believe is to talk about these prophecies. Mm-hmm. You know, and here's a hundred of them fulfilled by Jesus. So you ain't got to go digging. It gives you all the Mm -hmm. goods right there where you can go share with your friend Mm -hmm. or family member, whoever, and say, man, here's just pick five of them. Here's five things that was foretold. And then here's the five things. And it nailed Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. You know, then, and that can give somebody like some, something to think about. Like, and it's not, uh, it's not wishy washy either. Oh, no. Because like you, they, we physically have copies of these. Uh, ancient Old Testament documents that were dated by archaeologists hundreds of years before the events of Christ ever happened. And he fulfilled them in such a way that, yeah, puts it beyond all doubt. Yeah, without a doubt, man. But but like you said, uh, St. Anselm's coined the phrase faith seeking understanding. Mm -hmm. And he just observed that, like you pointed out, like you, you... you have to put your trust in Jesus and then you'll start to see it and you'll start to see and you start to understand mm-hmm. versus if you don't want to believe, if you don't want to see it, you just yeah, won't. Yeah. And I think of a verse. I just looked it up a couple of weeks ago and I forgot, but it says the natural man 
doesn't receive the things of God because they are foolishness to him because they are spiritually discerned, you know, mm-hmm. something like that. So yeah. like some of the topics that people bring up, like the Trinity is a huge one, right? Yeah. That's the biggest topic that non-believers bring up to me and tell mm-hmm. me I'm crazy because the Bible doesn't have the Trinity in it, you know, doesn't have mm-hmm. the word, you mm-hmm. know, and it's like me trying to explain something like that to a non-believer is really just a waste of time. Mm-hmm. You know, the conversation we need to have is just a gospel conversation mm-hmm. about just just the one part of the Trinity, just the son. Mm-hmm. Because until you get the son, you're not going to understand how the three in one really work. Mm-hmm. And even when you are a Christian, <clears throat> you can't explain the nah, three yeah. in one yeah. 100% from yeah. a logical standpoint. Yeah. You know, because it doesn't make sense. That's where you have to exercise faith. So yeah. um, reading the Bible, I would say, the, if you if you were to if someone were to ask me what's the number one thing you think I should have mm-hmm. or the the mindset I should have when I get ready to read the Bible yeah is have faith mm-hmm. okay have, because if if you doubt if it's yeah. a, if it's a question of having doubt or having faith have faith having doubt <clears throat> you are gonna have like red lights yeah. everywhere yeah. because stuff just doesn't make yeah. sense. But if you have faith, it's a totally different, mm-hmm. totally different yeah. perspective. I was listening to um, uh, Dr. Gavin Ortland, who's also a pastor, mm-hmm. and um, he was the one who was um, teaching about Anselm. And another thing that he said was, it's like the difference between tasting honey and describing <laughs> tasting honey. Mm-hmm. So I can uh, talk to you about, um, if you've never had honey before, I can talk to you and try to describe it the best I can. And, and that's helpful. You may get a little bit of an understanding mm-hmm. of what uh, honey tastes like. But when you taste it yourself, then that's a whole different experience. Yeah. And so like when you go to the Bible, um, when you go believing, having tasted it, then it's going to be a completely different mm-hmm. uh, experience Amen. for you uh, yeah. rather than going in. And as I was thinking about that question, like what's... What's the number one thing to bring to it? You said faith. Uh, in my mind, I was going to humility, mm. which is, I think, oh, great. kind of the same posture. But it's humility in that, okay, I'm about to read something that's been around for a long time. <laughs> mm. And it knows more than I do. Because it's, 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 it's uh, lasted the test of time. Let me humble myself before this. I may not be able to understand everything. And like you, it's such a, like I said, it's a beautiful picture of just plowing through Scripture when you first became a Christian and understanding maybe, I don't know what percent of it, 30% of it maybe. <laughs> no, no, like zero, 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 yeah. zero, zero, one percent. But yet you, you humbled yourself <clears throat> before the process, and, uh, and, and, and that's what it took. And I want to go to uh, one, <clears throat> at least one more thing that if you're struggling to know how to read the Bible, I want to like switch the question. And, and, and instead of keep um, asking how to read the Bible, start asking yourself the question, why am I going to read the Bible? Like get a good reason for reading the Bible in your head. And that'll make, I think, all the difference in the world. Like, uh, you can, yeah, you can learn all these hows, these different techniques. You can grab some of these resources. Uh, Gleason Archer's book on Bible contradictions is a great one. So you can grab all these resources in that. But first come up with why you're going to read the Bible. Why am I going to spend this time in the morning or in the evening or whenever? Mm-hmm. Why am I going to do this? Why am I going to work through this and uh, at, at the risk of not understanding anything? Why mm-hmm. am I going to do this? 
And when you come up with a big enough why, uh, you can. So what's your why? What's your <clears throat> why? Why? Do why, I read yeah, the Bible? why do you read the Bible? Because I believe that um, I believe that it's God's word, you know, to us is the instructions. You know, a, a little acronym I learned in the county jail is B-I-B-L-E, you mm-hmm. know, basic instructions before leaving earth. And so, you know, I believe um, and, and quickly I believe, you know, I believe God implanted that faith in me. Um, to believe so quickly in the Bible um, mm-hmm. for many reasons that I don't need to mention right now, but um, faith was the biggest component that I had. And it's because I've had faith that this was God's word. And I was just compelled to read it because I knew that my life was messed up. Mm-hmm. And I believed that this could get my life not only straight, but it could get me living a life that was pleasing to God. So that was my yeah, why. Yeah, <clears throat> my why is basically the same. I understand that um, that my life is messed up and I can't do it on my own. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I need help. And and there's a God who has spoken in His Word, and I owe that to my King, mm, to my God, amen. to study His Word <clears throat> and His ways. And the more I look out on this world, especially these days, mm. this kind of very. Um, messed up world. Mm, I mean, I know it's always been messed up, but there's a lot coming at us uh, with technology that we're being inundated and showered with things that unlike our ancestors have ever been just because of technology. And you need to be able to process it and filter it and and to know uh, what's up. And God's word uh, teaches me that. Amen. So in the, you know, if people find this helpful in the future, we can get into like different understanding different genres of scripture yeah. and how to do that that might be pretty so, cool uh, let us know uh, yeah. if you'd like to hear that like how to read apocalyptic literature or uh, wisdom literature or we talked about parables a little bit but uh, that's another uh, part to it but i just wanted to you know keep this yeah no that's a great idea brief. yeah if you guys want to like drop us a comment you can send us an email at bumperstickerfaith at gmail.com yeah. Let us know. We can get into that stuff. And if there's something specific that you want us to get into, we'll definitely get into that. And I, and I would definitely defer and lean more towards Sam because he's been trained a lot more in some of this stuff than I have. But um, I'll be willing to contribute what I can. You're so, a good contributor. <clears throat> thank you. Thank you, brother. For sure. So, man, that's bringing us to an end of our time for this um, episode. So, man, thank you guys for listening so much. Um, again, um, we love to get up to – you know, a hundred subscribers right now. We're about a little over a quarter of that. So if you watch this, um, man, subscribe, you know, if you don't mind, just, just click it and it just will alert you to when a new episode comes out, which is pretty much every Wednesday. So you won't get inundated with a lot of emails Mm -hmm. or like, uh, things on your phone or anything like that. So, um, thank you so much for tuning in today, man. Y'all take care and God bless. God bless.